I'll strike you a deal. See? You buy two fish, I'll give them to you for five pence. Hello and welcome to The Fizzle Show, an insider behind-the-scenes look at how we've built and are building our businesses. It's not so easy or so hard as you'd think. Your hosts are Corbett Barr. If this was Raising Arizona, he'd be Nicolas Cage. Caleb Wojcik, he'd be uh, Holly Hunter because he looks hot for his age. And me, Chase Reeves, I'd be Randall Tex Cobb. Look it up. On today's show... How to sell without being sleazy. You know, we all sell every day. Now, if you want to do a business, you got to learn how to do this. But I'm telling you right now, it's also just a human thing, okay? We sell uh, ourselves to, to people. We sell our products and our words and our links on social media and stuff like that. It's a part of being human, and you got to get comfortable with it. I wasn't comfortable with it at first. None of us are, you know? Uh, but you learn how, and it ends up being a really great skill to have. And you know what? Frankly, it's so easy to do it without being sleazy. And and that's what this is about. It's kind of like a part two to the uh, previous episode on the, the douchebaggery conversation. If that was like why not to be sleazy, this is how not to be sleazy. And not only that, but uh, two bonus things here. One, a question from the most lovely Scottish accent you've ever heard in your life. Uh, and number two, a big tip from the best salesman I know. All right, I'll be back after this conversation to fill in any gaps, so let's get into it. So last week, we talked about the douchebaggery. Yeah. Um, which which I want to say, like, I, you know, I it's a great topic, but like you said, like, really, do we need to dwell on it? I feel like everybody has to figure out what feels right to them, and I didn't. I didn't feel great about talking about it that way. It's like you know why like belittle other people yeah. or put them in a box or whatever. They do what they do, and we know that we don't want to be like that necessarily. And I think I think the important thing that came out of that is just this concept of listen. You build your business on the trust and the relationship that you have with your audience. Um, you know, s- sacrifice that on the altar of short term gains or yeah. small time profits at your own peril. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this is. This is your business is is relationship and trust. Yeah, you know, and that those are the people that we're like, dear dear listener, those are the people that we're talking to. You know, yeah. But the corollary to that, and it's kind of what we're going to talk about today, is that you know you don't have to preserve your audience for some magic point two years from now where you have so much yeah. trust that you can start selling to them, because if you're really trying to help your audience solve a problem, it's probably you know, some of them are going to need to go further than you can express in a blog post or on a podcast or something. And that's the perfect opportunity to create some product or sell them some service that's going to help them take that next step, right? So there are ways to sell to your audience that doesn't damage trust or anything at all. And and at the bottom, the you know, at the end of the day, I mean, people we're talking to, if we're creating content, podcasts, videos, blog posts, whatever, building an audience, Ultimately, it's because we're trying to build a business around it. And if you can't get over the hump of selling something, yeah. you're never going to have a business on your hand. So what's the point? It's it, Maybe it's just for fun. And, th- and that's fine, too. But it's just not a business if you don't eventually sell something. So is it ever too early to start selling? Well, let's okay. Let, let's, let's dissect this a little bit. I think that's a great question. Caleb, bring us back around to that question. Let's just take okay. a step back real quick. Um, what really is 
sales? Like, what do we mean when we say sales or selling? Um, I, I mean, uh, to me, it, it's, I think in, in some people's minds, it's like, you know, visions of high pressure, you know, timeshare sales or something comes into their head. But really, at the, the, the basic level of selling is just offering something that's available for people to purchase. Like, there is something that you've created and offered that people can give you money to get access to. Yeah. At the simplest. At the simplest. Caleb, do you have anything to add to that? I mean, it's it's one of the oldest things there is, like in commerce with business, just in general. And before there was even money, there was sales. Hmm. You know, there was commodities that people were trading. They were they were bartering. That was selling even way back in the day, thousands of years ago. Is it is it also the case that before there was sales, there were there were needs? Like they people say that right. prostitution is the oldest uh, profession, oldest profession, right? I mean, I see that it, arriving from a, a certain need, and it's still pretty healthy profession if you walk around San Francisco, say in the Tenderloin or Mission, sort of later at night. You know, it just makes me so uncomfortable when you talk about your loins that way, <laughs> my tenderloins. <laughs> but you I know, like how you refer to prostitution as healthy. <laughs> it's, it's a healthy enterprise but you know there's there's uh there's sales and there's need like and maybe this is a good first point here you know if you've got an ebook about something i don't need then your your sales tactics or whatever they are like I, it's just not going to land it's just not going to well connect. yeah in order to make it land it has to you you have to push really hard or uh, now the and then maybe it doesn't land and then you can go study all the douchebaggery tactics right of how to get someone to buy something they don't want or need mm-hmm. yet right yeah. which is which is a poor place to be you don't want to be there you what you want to do is you want to build a product that meets uh meets someone's needs right now yeah. you know what i mean and yeah. this is Marketing 101 is you find the desire that they have and that's what you that's what you appeal to. Yeah. You know what I mean? So prostitution, hey, you're horny. <laughs> appeal to that desire. <laughs> or for a more wholesome <laughs> take on it. Like if in in olden days like you like to refer to Chase, if you were the cobbler, <laughs> you're obsessed with old olden times. <laughs> um if if you were the cobbler, you know, and somebody broke their shoe, like they have a need. They're going to come in. You so don't have true. to. You don't have it's to. It's so pitch hard them. to find a good cobbler these days. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Hold on. What are we waiting for? I just needed to wet my whistle. Okay. <laughs> yep, got it back. <laughs> but uh, so I, I think there's this, that. That's an interesting. That's just something that I didn't actually have in my notes. It, but it, but it's it rings so true. If you. Listen, who I'm talking to right now is the person out there who kind of feels uncomfortable selling. Like they're 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 like, How which do- I think is like 95 percent of people. I right? have I've had a I've had a real bitch of a time trying to figure it out. You know what I mean? Yep. Because what you want to do, I've got I've got a handful of tactics that or whatever principles or whatever that have made my life easier for selling and have been effective. But um, maybe that first one that we are we already mentioned. Does your product or does the thing that you're selling, your product or service, does it meet a need? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is the fir- this is a first big question to ask yourself. Um, and maybe you're at a stage in your business where, hell, I don't even know really. Or I thought I'd, I knew, but now maybe I kind of don't. Well, now you get to test it out, right? You know, yeah. charge 10 bucks for it and see how many people buy it, right? And then make it better over time. 
But uh, so that would be the first point that I make on uh, to people who are uncomfortable selling is, well, first of all, hold on, let's take a step back. Is this a real need? Is this a real problem that people have a challenge that they have? Then, then, then to my second point, which is mindset, you're probably having, you're probably the only thing wrong with, with the whole idea of selling your product is your mindset about it. It's fine. You know what I mean? We, I for so long felt like it was, uh, uh, I don't know, an improper or poor or douchey sort of thing to do to sell anything. Right. Right. I didn't want to be seen as that guy. Um, Whereas now I, I'm growing up, like I have to buy gluten-free crackers. You know what I mean? Like this is a, this is a thing. I, I mentioned that in just about every episode <laughs> now. And my favorite response from you is you, you're shitting into tall cotton. Yeah. <laughs> what, what, can, we, can you say that every time that I bring up the crackers? <laughs> well, I mean, you are shitting in tall cotton. I love that. <laughs> it's just, I mean, you know, you're living the high life now that you have to have gluten-free crackers around. So, so, so very high. But the question, the, the point being this, this idea of mindset, like the, like the entrepreneur's mindset about selling, typically for me, that needed to change. I was just, I was just looking down on selling willy nilly. Yeah. Just, just as a, as a thing to do, just cause I wasn't used to the concept. You know what I mean? And then now I've, now I'm kind of turned into a big boy and I know like, oh no, this is like you said, Caleb, this is just, this is how it's always been. I'm a fisherman. I go get the fish. I come in. You want a fish? Here's here's a fish. It's a great fish. You know, I've tasted this fish before. It's really good. <laughs> no, whoa, whoa, it doesn't even it up at all. It doesn't even need to get there. It's just like you look. You look awfully hungry, and they're like, "I need a fish." Yeah, and you're like, "Here's a fish." They're like, "How many pence is that?" And I'm like, "It's three it's pence. Free, free pence. <laughs> it's three of them. You have three pence. I'll strike you a deal. See." You buy two fish, I'll give them to you for five pence. <laughs> see, see, now you're making me uncomfortable. <laughs> now I'm like, all right, why is he pushing it so hard? <laughs> so, so the, the take my pence. Most of take us, it. <laughs> most of us come from environments where we do one function in the business. We're the programmer, we're the marketing guy, you know, we're doing one specific thing in the business. And when you start a company, when you become an entrepreneur, oftentimes you're one of, you know, just a handful of people, probably a lot of people listening to this, they're solo. It's just one person with an idea. And if you want to sell anything, you have to take on that role. You have to take on the role of salesman. And it's just, it's really not a natural thing to have, like a skill set to have. And just like everything else, you have to spend time learning how to do it. And you're going to have to go through a period of time where it's going to be uncomfortable doing it yeah so how did you learn how to become comfortable doing it and were you the first time you sold something i have a specific question along with that like did your mindset ever have to change about this yeah yeah absolutely i think just offering stuff to my audience i felt like for a long time as, as a blogger you you get used to giving people stuff for free and you put yourself in that role of i'm just a free resource for people and then to transition from free resource to Oh, here's some really great free stuff, but in addition... I'm drinking some of your coffee, hey, by the way. Hey, <laughs> hey, hey! I made it for you, pal. <laughs> Thank you, I appreciate that. Um, to get from I'm a free resource to having stuff on offer is an uncomfortable thing for most people, and I think it's natural. And just like we talked about with finding your voice, you have to practice. You can't expect that you're going to show up and be really great at sales. And here's a sad thing about a lot of people who offer things 
They create a product, they put it out there, and because they're uncomfortable at selling, they do, don't do a really good job of representing what that product is and the value that it has because they feel like, oh, I don't want to be pushy or whatever. And so the first time out, they don't do a great job and they don't make a whole lot of sales. And then they either say, oh, I'm just crappy at this whole thing. Or, oh, that product I created isn't valuable enough for people to want. And they just scrap the whole thing or they get really discouraged. um, And they talk themselves out of of going through that, the rest of that painful process to get really good at it. Yeah. but selling can be a really, really powerful thing once you realize how to do it. Um, and once you learn that it's not about being hypey, it's about being more matter of fact. Like, hey, I have this thing. Here's how it helped Jack and Jill and Joe. And here are the results they got. I think this yeah. is really great. If you suffer from this or that or whatever, it might be a good fit for you. And I'd love you to check it out. And if it's not right for you, you know, here's a 30 day guarantee or something. And just being more honest and upfront about here's what the values are. Here's who I think it's right for. And, um, here's, and even be honest about, well, and if, and if you've gone through this part before, then it's probably not right for you. Yeah. I catch myself a lot. Like I come from, uh, I come from marketing, right. And I've marketed, I've done marketing for startups and, and done a lot of websites and do a lot of copywriting and all this other stuff, which is sales, right. In some way to me, it's totally sales. Um, I, I, it's hard for me to draw the line now in an enterprise, there's a big difference. Like Mm -hmm. there are sales guys and then there's the marketing team. And the sales guy is like one-on-one talking to individuals trying to sell Because Yeah. In enterprise, you're out, you're out, you know, you're, you're having boardroom meetings and doing all that sort of stuff. But um, I found myself, and I used to do this so much and wonder why my marketing wasn't very good or why I felt I never really connected with it because I would end up writing stuff just naturally that would be hypey. I felt like I needed to say a thing. Uh-huh. Like I needed to, and you know, there's even, there's a bit on on our website that uh, that you wrote, I think. And now you've said this a few times, but uh, I would find myself writing things like, you know, the the best x you'll find on x y and z or or like you know uh, using like superlatives just using superlatives right and there's a bit on on our i think it might still be there i think we might have taken it off or or not but we've said before um it's the best place we know fizzle is the best place we know uh to learn how to build your online business and then we didn't used to say it's the best place we know now like in the in the new sales video i wrote that line i think Mm -hmm. um and that's why you know for these four because we've got the the courses the founders stories And the office yeah. hours. This makes Fizzle and the community. This makes Fizzle the best place we know. Yeah. To to gr- learn how to grow your online business. Now that is a lot different than Fizzle is the best online marketing resource or Fizzle is the best business building resource. You know what I mean? Where it's well, I like, think when you start using those penultimate things, you start to sound douchey. Well, like even if you don't mean to. First of all, penultimate is, yeah. is second to last, <clears throat> second to biggest. This is the one right before the biggest, which actually isn't a bad thing. To, actually, that would be a good principle. Ultimate, don't, don't go all the way. <laughs> yeah. So find the guys all the way and then just notch it back from that. Third but, base. But your, point, down, yeah. your point being, your, your point is is totally true. That and that that's normally what I when I find myself just actually saying something superlative like that, something ultimate, something yeah. big. Then ask yourself if there's a, a descriptive term you can use in place of that instead of saying the best or whatever. And in yeah. that case, I don't think it's bad because we we spend six minutes in that video 
talking about all the details. In the, no, in the video, in the video, I, I like that language. Yeah, it, it came from seeing what we had written before somewhere where it's like it's the best online training resource there is. Where it's like you know what we think it is. We or think, it's the best that we know of. We yeah. think it is, and, and or or even even if it's not, that's not why you're buying this. We're, we we stand by at 110 percent, right? But we can say it's the best place we know of. You know what I mean? Because yeah. because we've. We, like our life is in this thing yeah. you know what i mean like we're really we're wrapped up in yeah. this thing you know what i mean and not just that through our eyes it's the best yeah but like we're 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 not we're not selling this for the next few months and then like well it's not working yeah like we've already done the tests yeah. we know that where this is going i like I, I like your copy and and the way like i feel like you bring uh, a fun you know energetic lighthearted kind of thing to a lot of the you almost you almost mock marketing some ways like at the think traffic website when you're like you're here let's do this you know like you know click the button well right it it, it's it comes down to my what the kind of writing that i like and the kind of way i like to speak and and it's me Mm -hmm. and this is my second point so the my first point being this mindset of being uncomfortable with sales it's natural you're going to need to get over it. The sooner you do it, the better. Yeah. Because soon you're going to have to buy gluten-free cookies or something like that. You know what I mean? If you're lucky. If you're, you'll be shitting into some sort of tall grass somewhere. If you, if you move to Berkeley and, <laughs> and, and you have a four-year-old who like, you know, your wife wants to go to the naturopath and it's like, hey, let's, that's, <laughs> that word didn't exist when I was four. <laughs> yeah. No, actually it, it did. There were witch doctors. Oh, okay. <laughs> I love my witch doctor. But, uh, so the first point being, yeah, acknowledge that you're uncomfortable with the concept of sales. Like, you might not have ever admitted that to yourself. Look at the way you're behaving and say, yeah, I think I am uncomfortable with this concept. What do I need to do to get comfortable? Well, you need to look, you need to look at real life. You know, this is just a, a law of nature that some people had sheep and other people had barley, and then they would trade. This is a kind of sale, yeah. you know what I mean? And then it just grew up from there. So it's just a part of, of life. And is it's a barley, part is barley gluten free, by the way? Barley is not I don't know. I don't know. I don't think so. Okay. I think ancient Can we I, Google that? Yeah, if you could. <laughs> I'll tongue it. No, please. Yeah, just yeah, save it for later. Um the so the first part being mindset. Acknowledge it, realize you're gonna need to get over it and 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 move on and, and take your time with it, right? Don't just start forcing yeah. yourself into sales mode. But just know that this is this is how business works. Yep. Um and then the second part being, uh, I have three parts. The second part being, and then just be yourself. This is kind of getting to, well, I guess yours, you, what you were saying before is sort of my third part. But number two, be yourself. What you're just saying about the copy that I write, yeah, it's me. Yeah, if you start reading stuff, and this is like, again, back to finding your voice when we were talking about, if someone else reads what you write and they go, yeah. that, doesn't, that doesn't sound like you. It's not really natural for you. Why are you writing like that? You know, just because you get in sales mode doesn't mean that you suddenly have to become an infomercial, right? Totally. And I think, you know, if you haven't, go listen to the Finding Your Voice episodes because that's great stuff. You know, we and and I think that's all, like, you can directly apply that stuff to sales, you know, and to, to marketing or whatever. It's hard, like I said, it's hard for me to draw the line between the two. But being yourself or being comfortable being yourself, it... You know, I often talk about marketing that actually hits, that connects. You know what I mean? Yep. Writing that actually connects. And the truth is, the thing that I, I, I was just editing somebody's blog post recently, and I and I and I 
I don't know why I'm remembering this now, but I remember I, I changed one of their lines to be like, people are always hungry for connection and authenticity. You know what I mean? And that's just the way that I, that's a, that's a law of nature. And it might not always be true with every visitor, but I've decided that the people who I'm going to connect with, they're already interested in connecting with someone on the other side of the monitor in one way, shape or any way, shape or form. Right. So our, well, because everything's so impersonal, everything in general is now, right? so impersonal. You want to, yeah. you want to have great web design. Yeah. Take a good picture of yourself yeah. and put it on the homepage and say like, and then say something vulnerable. Say one time in band camp, whatever, you know what I mean? Or, hey, I went to band camp. Or say, you know, whatever. Make your story vulnerable and, and make the thing that you're selling connected to your vulnerability and your story. And You know what I mean? So, like, when, when someone is truly themselves, they've landed, they've landed on who they are and they know what they're here to say. And when that is, it doesn't have to be a one-to-one, like, my, what I sell is my life sort of thing. Yeah. But it, it, just a sense of, like, hey... I make a cigar cutter because all of these cigars that these cigar cutters that I had would fall apart and break. Yeah. I needed I needed one when I was out hunting, this, that, and the other, or camping, and it fell apart, and I and I had to chew off the end of my cigars, which is fine. But I wanted a I wanted one that would last. Yeah, you know what I mean. Well, and that's I think there's there's kind of two aspects to selling because you're kind of talking about the situation where maybe you're giving an interview or you're writing a personal post, blog post about it, and you're you're pitching your product. On the other hand, imagine. You know, let's say we we wrote mailing list software yeah. and we're trying to sell it, but we're not writing in the first person. We're not like, hey, I built this thing. You have to sell that thing with its own personality. Yeah. Like, you know, here's this software and here's what's good about it, right? Yeah. So there's, a, I think there's and, a difference. And there. So, yeah, I mean, totally. If yeah, so if you're in a third, I, I, I am speaking specifically to like us. So when we yeah. sell Fizzle, yeah, it's a piece of software in some ways. Yeah, but we we are intrinsically involved there. Yeah. Because like, even if you look at the sales video or, or any of the, like we've built in our own story. Like I have struggled so hard with entrepreneurial tendencies. Yeah. You know what I mean? The fear of making sales, the fear of being salesy or feeling coming off douchey. You know yeah. what I mean? The fear of this, that or the other, or the being uncomfortable with this or not being sure how to do that, this, that or the other. Yep. That's the story of fizzle. You have all of this uncertainty, fear, uncertainty and doubt. Well, here, here, it's not hard stuff. Here's a way to, so yeah. that story itself is my story. Yeah, and but I'd be curious because I think I think we, uh, especially because of your creative direction, have a tendency to tell, to to sell in a human way, in a human connected way. Yeah. So when we decided to do our newest, um, you know, demo video, sales video, it was very much us on camera, mm-hmm. whereas other companies might decide for their explainer video that it's just screenshots- Actors or actors in it or yeah. whatever right so it's it's a difference in style and i don't have any data on which works we just felt like for our brand message that's what worked best us telling you why this might be right for you right exactly so um so what was your third point well hold on okay i'm not quite done yet <laughs> um i'm getting ruminating no not yet are you uh, ever truly done <laughs> well is anybody Man, I went deep and you just went even deeper and threw it right back in my face. <laughs> um, no, that, but that what you just said, uh, I guess what I am really, I do mean it though. It's not just us. Like I'm, I'm aiming it, we're aiming this at, 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 you know, entrepreneurs out there who are probably doing, you know, a lot of, a lot of bloggers, you know, and I, and I, you know, that term, all it means is people who, who, 
who want to teach and educate in something. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Really, more than anything else, it means that. In some ways, it's like you're blogging with interesting stories or something like that. But most of the time, it's uh, or like meaning like fiction or, or whatever. But most of the time, we're out here like you know, there's about eighty percent of you are doing a blog on uh, how to live your dream. Because uh, <laughs> that's what everybody wants about. Because we're at a cultural moment right now. And you know what? Some of you are really going to land it. Some of you are going to be the ones who dig in your heels and just go all in. And you're like cutting the rope and, and you're just jumping for the. You remember that scene in Batman? Uh, the, the most. Uh, Which what, Batman? The, what was the name of the. Dark Knight? Dark Knight mm-hmm. Rises. Was a recent ha- one? I haven't seen that. He's in this prison. Oh, you gotta see oh, it. Oh, dude, I can't even tell you now. All right, don't tell me then. And don't tell everybody else. Spoiler alert. Oh, I mean, yeah. come on. Jeez. God. Caleb and I are just looking at each other, just going like, totally ruined it. Had a great... But, you know, there's plenty of people who haven't seen it. Anyways, you heard me say something earlier that if you've seen the, bu- if you've seen the movie, then you know kind of what I'm getting at. But some people go all in. Yeah. To, to get out of the prison, he has to go all in. Okay? Yep. Even though it's super terrifying and scary. Right. So, so some of these people, some of our listeners who are in one of those convoluted spaces, like hell, like the space that we're in, you know, how a blog about how to blog, you know what I mean? These sorts of things, convoluted. But who's going all in? I tell you, what's sure as shit true is we're going all in. You know what I mean? Like we're putting our whole. I'm putting my family on the line for this. Yeah. What are you putting on the line? A couple of weekends. Exactly. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> you can't compete with that unless. So, so how does this relate to selling? Sorry, it was more of a rant. <laughs> i mean i i love it i'm just wondering like it will bring it back home so my second point being you got to learn how to be yourself again this is one-to-one with the finding your voice stuff and then um (laughs) along with that if you're and maybe maybe you are a dickhead and that can that can work you know what i mean it it actually can work really well it can work really really well for some people but i'm gonna say to most of you Mm -hmm. you're not good at that um Again, I don't, and you know what? I don't want to be in the situation where I'm doling out, where we're doling out advice. I want to tell people what's worked for me. Yeah, you know what's worked for us, please. And so for me, humility and vulnerability win every single time. Now that's because I can write really authentic. In selling. Yeah, in yeah. selling and marketing, in com- in convincing someone of a thing. Yeah, you know, I'm, it's, I when I. You know, when we talk about being uncomfortable selling, I'm like, well, good thing, you know, <laughs> William Wilberforce wasn't uncomfortable talking about, you know, you know, selling people on the idea of ab- abolishing slavery, right? Yeah. I try to connect it to, or like connect it to that mission. Do you have a mission and a thing you're heading towards? Which is the third point. Okay. The product sh- should stand on its own two feet and yeah. it should serve a real honest to God need like we were talking about earlier. Yeah. You know, um, when you, like you mentioned Corbett, you're like, you get to sell matter of factly. You get to just speak matter of factly about a thing. You're not even selling. You're just speaking matter of factly about this thing. You made something that's really great because you made it. And it, you know, it doesn't have to be the best thing out there. It doesn't even have to be really great. It can just do this thing that it does pretty damn good. Yeah. And, and it's the one that's closest to someone. So they're going to buy it or it's the one that's better or the one that whatever. Yep. That's pink, whatever. Yeah. People buy for all sorts of reasons. Yep. But you know, you're uncomfortable selling. Thank God William Wilberforce wasn't uncomfortable selling because he had a mission, you know, to abolish slavery. And like, what does your product play a role in any bigger story like that, that you can stand 100% behind? Like, hey, women should be able to vote. You know what I mean? Like, that's a thing to sell and convince someone of. And, and you don't feel sleazy talking about that. So why are you feeling sleazy talking about selling your ebook? 
Well, those are two very different things, but but yeah. But the goal is get, get your, your ebook closer sure. to being exactly. something important yeah. or meaningful to yeah, you. Yeah, if you're really uncomfortable with selling what you have, then maybe what you have, um, maybe you need to take a good hard look in the mirror and ask yourself, what have you really created? Like a Michael Jackson song. Like a, yeah. I'm talking <laughs> the man. You always start it and you never finish it. It's because I realize how horrible a singer I no, am. No, you really can. We harmonized really well. <laughs> we did. Hey, so so I I want to bring up a couple of points here. You Let's just hear it. Made me, you just made me think of some stuff. Um, so first off, you know, when selling, especially if you're writing an actual sales page where you're you're you know pitching a product, there's one key step. You know, I don't have a whole lot of tips on selling, but I know one thing, and that is if you want to make a sale. You have to ask for the sale at some point. You have to actually yeah. say, here's this thing. I would love you to buy it or I'd love you to check it out if it might be right for you, you know, and actually ask for someone to buy something. You know, if you're the kind of person that finds themselves sort of in doormat situations all the time where, you know, you're sitting in the back of the plane every time and you just never get what you what want. What does that mean, a doormat situation? Oh, or You're just being walked on all the time. Uh, like because friends you walk over you kind of thing? Yeah, because you don't, you don't stick up for yourself and you don't believe in yourself and you don't ask for things. You know, like you wonder how do people get hotel room upgrades, airline upgrades? How do the, how people get certain things in life? It's because they ask for them. Mm-hmm. And the same is true of selling. If you want somebody to buy something, you have to ask for the sale. And that and that's a really simple thing that you can do. Just get into the habit of just asking for the sale. Yeah. If you're writing a sales page as opposed to just meandering and telling a story and then never getting to actually saying, here's this thing. Here's why I'm proud of it. I think you should buy it. Yeah. You know, um, you're going to be a lot less effective if you don't get to that that place where you're asking for the sale. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Asking for it, and, and that that kind of falls in line with the with the first one. Okay, you might be uncomfortable with with sales. Yeah, know that you're going to need to ask for a sale. Yeah, at some point. Yeah, and just make sure you build that into whatever it is that you're selling. You know. So, Caleb, when you uh, when you started selling for the first time, what process did you go through? Like, how how did it feel, and how did you deal with that? Well, I think the first thing you do is you go and you research what you know, the people you look up to do you go and check out other people's sales pages and then you assume, okay, I need to copy all this. Mm. You know, I need to do the same format and yeah. it needs to look the same. My button needs to be the same color, <laughs> it needs to have you the know, same words on it, same words. Exactly. And I think that's kind of what you do. And that's like the very, very end of the process. Yeah. I don't think people look back. Okay. This person has been doing this for multiple years. They've been building this trust. They've been building this audience. And so I think it's really easy with sales to quickly look at someone that does it badly and someone that does it well yeah, and compare them and just go towards the guy that does it well and copy them as opposed to actually doing some research into your audience and knowing what they would resonate with, you know, copywriting wise, um, design wise, things like that. Yeah. And not just your audience, but also what fits, you know, what, what fits you, what fits you. Yeah. So it's like kind of like karaoke versus the real thing right you know you're never going to sing that song in the same way as the original person because it doesn't it's not coming from the same place you don't actually understand the lyrics you're You're just parodying you're no whitney houston (laughs) exactly very few people are (laughs) no nobody was (laughs) nobody nobody is was anymore (laughs) why do we have to bring her (laughs) but you know what i actually like that point a lot because i i think yeah 
yeah, you could do that, and you're not going to find you, you don't know who you are when you do that, but that's fine. That's the first step in figuring it out because you do that. And you know what I always tell people is just break the seal, make the first buck somewhere, do a thing, and yeah. then you're gonna have. Once you break that seal and realize, oh, okay, like so, so they just they, they it really does work. Like they will buy a thing, you know what I mean? If it's a good enough thing, or if it's cheap enough, or if it's whatever, right? Yeah. So now the entrepreneur has that second question, which is like, all right, what? Normally they have an idea, like, oh, next time I want to do it like this, or I want to do this, I want to do it more this way and less that way next time, or whatever, right? Yeah. And that's when things get exciting, you know? And so I don't mind doing it the first way, uh, you know, go do copy someone, go do like, and I, I pay a lot of attention to guys that I admire, like, like, uh, Derek Halpern or, uh, even Ramit Sethi, where I just, I just know these guys are like masters of the tactics, you know what I mean? And I'm not master of the tactic. I don't, well, I'm, I'm no good at tactics, but so I can look at them and be like, ah, that's interesting. Cause normally what you can do is you can see the objection that they're, you could, yeah, I don't know, you could, it, when you start that way, I know that I'm not going to say those words because those sound silly, but I can say these words along with, like, I can ask that question of, of my product and then answer it this way over here. It's a yeah. good place to start. Yeah. I mean, I think that those guys, um, a lot of really effective salespeople study the, the, psychological side of yeah. selling yeah. and they read a lot there's a of whole books. industry of there's it. a whole yeah. industry and they read a lot of books like for example influence by robert cialdini and i highly mm-hmm. recommend everybody read this because it helps you not only to understand you know what makes people tick and what motivates them to buy but but it also helps you understand what ma- motivates you to buy and to do things yeah. and like why you act in certain ways and there's a whole bunch of really interesting stuff there but it usually comes down to um understanding you know, what, what causes behavior in people and also for effective sales to have some sort of really deep understanding of the emotional connection people have to the thing, the problem that they have and to the potential solution. This stuff is fascinating. It's really, really interesting. Um, I think you have to be careful. Like when you're learning how to sell stuff yourself, not to lean too hard on that because people can, sometimes they can feel when you're pushing their yeah. buttons, yeah. you know what I mean? And, and you have to be well, careful Well, that's exactly it. what feels douchey. That's yeah. what sparked the whole previous conversation. Yeah. That's why anytime you land on one of those, like most people now, not most people, sorry, but like people like me, when they land on one of those long sales pages and with the highlighted text yeah. and this, that, and the other, I, are, I just know I'm not going to buy it. Right, because you know that like whoever wrote that long sales page is betting on some psychological principle that if the page is this long and all of the data goes against it right all of the data says that this works really really well that the long sale goes against me meaning uh the data says that those long sales pages work extremely well right and i'm sure you could do that depending on what product and what market you're selling into you could find different results right well and it depends on your sales cycle so i think if if your market is I'm going to create a product and never build an audience, never build trust with that audience. Yeah. Then when somebody lands on your page, yeah, maybe if they're cold, they have to get all of this information to make a decision. Yeah. Whereas if you've turned that sideways and you've spent the past six months communicating with people and really getting to know them and they trust you, then your sales page maybe is more effective for those people yeah. if it's really short and just gets to the point. You know, I think that's a really interesting point, like where you want your sales from. Do you want them cold or do you want to like build this relationship with people and then sell them on it? But it should be said that it's a lot of work to build that audience, right? Yeah. I mean, I think we're all, we're staking our claim on, on the fact that or we're, we're, we believe 
and are putting our whole thing behind. You build an audience and, and you serve this crew over time and, and you have no limitations, right? You, you, that, I, that's the business we want to build. Yeah. We want to, we want these we want to build an honest, uh, relationship with an, uh, with the online entrepreneur and serve them and with, with our products, with other people, whatever's helpful to get them to the next stage of their business, right? That's been, ex- that we've had success doing that. We know where we're going with that, right? Yeah. Um, and I, what I hear you saying, there, there, there's the other model, right? Where you just make a product and hope to get it into a Best Buy. Best Buy owns the audience, you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and the foot traffic or whatever, or, you know, copy blogger or think traffic owns the audience yeah. and you get a guest post or a, a, a promoted affiliate product there or something. Right. right? Or, or you do advertising or something. Yeah. But the, the issue with that, and it's not that it can't work, but the issue with that is, um, you know, a big part of making a really great product is getting as close to your customers as possible really early on so that you understand deeply the problems that they have and you can solve them you know, in that really oh, close. Oh, yeah, this is a great point. Way. That's a great point for for the sales conversation. Yeah, we did this with Fizzle, where we built that. We had this idea for a, a, a like a low low cost monthly sort of subscription based training thing. Right? Um, would it work? I don't know. We've never seen it in our industry. Our whole industry, you know, it's all you know, two thousand dollar products that are you know all inclusive. How to blog? You know, this sort of thing. Right? And we're like, well, can we do that? Can we blow it up to even more just about the online entrepreneur and uh, like all of these sorts of things, but make it affordable monthly and all this. We didn't know if it would work. Yeah. So we did a little beta thing where we built, you know, 50 to 60% of the product, you know, in terms of the guts of the system yep. and a few courses. And we did a special like sort of beta release and we got 150 people in and we're like, we covet your feedback. Let us know. And we heard back from so many awesome Fizzle Charter members um, that gave us such great feedback. Yeah. And most of, uh, most of what we had built already was like, was bang on. There was a couple little features that we kept hearing about. Yeah. And we're just almost about to, <laughs> to launch some of those. And we have launched others or released others. That makes it like the experience. This is, uh, this is kind of the fourth piece or like the little tag on the end of, of my three part being your four part thing after you make the sale what's your relationship like with the customer look at that you know what i mean so like oftentimes you'll see on these big long sales like big spendy things 30 day money back guarantee or whatever all this sort of stuff which is a good like little tactic for doing that for us we literally sell to our audience every single month trying to get them trying to provide enough value for them to re-up yeah right? and you know? I, I like that it, it it forces it, it makes sense for so much work. Like we you have I, to earn it, you know. Yeah, you have to earn it, and it has to be valuable. And uh, but, but I I think it makes for a far better product because every month we're in there improving it and tweaking it. And when you just put out one single hundred dollar product or whatever, yeah. um, you know, it you don't have the impetus to go back and improve it because the marketing you know gets people in the door, and then after that. You know, as long as enough of them stick around, yeah. you only had to sell to those people one time. Yeah, totally. Uh, but so I think that question of, okay, after you sell to this person, what, uh, what's your relationship with them like after that? Meaning, you know, how, how much value do they think you actually mm-hmm. provided? And what about, how do they feel about the cost? You know what I mean? And how do they this, that, and the other? Being able to just, or at least realizing that you can, even if you are just making a one-off product, and you're not building the audience or whatever, when they buy the product... 
they, they, they can be a part of your audience. You know, if you provide that good kind of value and they're mm-hmm. like, this was super helpful. That you don't have to run a huge blog and keep all this stuff going. You can just have a database of people and saying, hey, guess what? We released another thing. So, you know, I, what comes to mind is Brett Kelly with his Evernote Essentials book, mm-hmm. you know, um, where he doesn't have a blog on Evernote. You know what I mean? He does, he is building an audience because he writes great stuff at NerdGab for the nerdy type. You know what I mean? Do, just doing the internet culture type, right? Um, and so he, he can make sales into that, but he can also take that product and run it all over the place, right? Because it stands on its own two legs and he knows he, he's, he can send them an email when he's put out a new version, mm-hmm. you know, which he recently did. And, um, that's a relationship. And, and you know what? Tons of people got, got the update for free and gave him good feedback on it and said, thank you. And we're really pleased. And, and like the, the concept that I always come back to with, or what I always dream of doing is delighting the customer, like the delight. You know, there's like, I, there's providing value and then there's delighting. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I think you do the first part and then you, you don't miss an opportunity to do the second. So, so to take this back to the sales conversation, I mean, this helps in a couple of ways, right? Because if you, delight your customers, they really love your product, then that helps you in the way that you talk about the product and you sell it to other people. It helps you to get case studies to say, hey, don't listen to me, just see how my product affected these people. Here's the results they got. And also, um, a big part of long-term sales is getting existing customers to tell other people about your product and, and how much they loved it. And so if you create something that's really great and you have really great relationship with your customers... Um, and don't forget to ask them to spread the word about it. Again, you have to ask people if you want them to do things. Um, then you know that can really, really help drive long-term future sales, yep. which is which is a cool thing. Which you know what that 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 probably brings that helps me think this through in, in a in a in a good light. Which is just like you know what if you think about it in terms of a long-term relationship, all the pressure goes away. What should I charge it for does this? Kinda, yeah. What should I charge for this product right now? Yeah. Well, I don't know. You want to keep selling it in five years? Maybe sell it for a quarter of what you were going to try to sell for now. Yeah. And and then and raise it over time as it gets better, as you get that feedback, as you do that beta kind of thing that we did with Fizzle. Uh, as you gain part of that, getting confident with selling is just becoming confident in the in the product, in the value that, in the fact that it's helpful, or the fact that it's good at what it does, and the fact more than anything else that people. Like are writing an email saying like, this has been awesome. You know what I mean? That means the world. But yeah, but again, you know, we're, we come from a different place. We're thinking about how are we going to build something that makes us feel really great, that we're really proud of, that we can do for 10 years, that delivers a lot of value to people. Um, you know, and so it's a long-term bet, right? We're starting slow, gathering steam, you know, building from there. Whereas on the other end of the spectrum, it's like, if you want to make an ass ton of money, like next year, you know, yeah. this slow approach isn't going to get you from here to there. So, the, yeah. so if you want to make an ass ton of money, charge $5,000 for it and make it like doubly overhyped yeah. and really study sales psychology and tactics. I see like a parable forming. You know what I mean? It's like there's the uh, there's a Mexican fisherman um, <laughs> who, who wants to build a long term good, just generally good business. Yeah. And then there's the... Uh, the Harvard MBA. <laughs> exactly. Um, you know, but that's like, it, this is a funny 
this, we're getting back to that, that lifestyle business conversation, which we keep calling the pejorative Mexican internally, <laughs> because I think that parable is so pejorative to, the, to Mexican culture. But sure, um, it's not penultimate. It's, pen, it's the most penultimate. I think it's pejorative <laughs> to the Harvard MBA. It's, the, it's the most penultimate <laughs> parable, perhaps, that ever existed. Of, for, I wanted to go more peas. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, I couldn't think of it. I wasn't either. done with the peas. Um, but no, but I really do think like, even just for me, just thinking the long term, like that was a really big switch for me going from what am I doing this year to, to who do I want to serve for the rest of my life? Yeah. And it feels good. I mean, I've created, um, four or five different products for sale over the past few years and, you know, a handful of them have come and gone and it feels really great now to be at this place where I'm building this thing and improving it over time. And this is going to exist in some form five years from now, you yeah. know, and we, we didn't, you know, we, we went into it like the whole alpha process where we, we rolled it out really early on, even though it wasn't done because we were making a bet that this is going to be here five years from now. And we just need to figure out how to make it so good that people are going to love it. And if at first we roll it out and people don't like it, then we want to get their feedback and improve it and yeah. iterate over time and just keep getting better and better and better. And now we're kind of on this every two months we pick new things that we think are going to improve the product, dive into it, yeah. work on them, release them and, and kind of go through that cycle. And I guess when well, I, I think people get really caught up in the launch, they get caught up in, Oh, this person had this huge launch, you know, five, six figures or whatever. How am I going to compete with that? And then they have this launch that doesn't reach their expectations and they, you know, they get discouraged and stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I had a friend that launched something yesterday and, he emailed me and told me how many sales he had. And I was like, I don't care. That number is bigger than zero. You're going to keep selling this thing. You're dedicated to it. Yep. Keep hustling, you know, like this is when you start working harder. Well, and, and, and again, this is like what we said earlier, you know, so, okay, you released this thing and it didn't go that well. It could just be that you're not great at selling yet and you need yeah. to practice. It could also be that you didn't talk to your customers enough early on to figure out what they really wanted. You just built something that yeah. you thought they wanted. So now it's time to go back to the drawing board, take the good pieces, take what you learned and then iterate on it and do it again and make it, you know, make it better next yeah. time. The something like you said, something that really takes the pressure off that I find helps a lot is to be honest with your audience and say, "Hey, I've been working on this thing. I think it's pretty good." but I'd love your feedback on it. It's not ready for prime time yet. So I would like to get just a handful of people in to test it out. And in exchange for your feedback, I'm going to give you a discounted price. Yeah. That has worked over and over and over again for me because it gives you, it, it like you said, it just takes all the pressure off. Your sales stuff doesn't have to be super polished and you get your initial true fans and the people who are going to yeah. buy whatever from you. And they really you know, help you. They really help you make the product better. Again, the focus on the relationship. You yeah. Know, you, that's what's, it's what's inherent in that story. Yeah. And that, that is, that is a, a I, I love that. To me, with the new, the new thing that I learned here is just how, how much looking long term can affect your right now decision mm -hmm. about selling, you know, yeah. specifically about selling. And, you know, like you said in, um, I can't remember which episode it was, but you talked about how a business can evolve. Over time, fizzle will totally evolve. It's not about landing on some on on the crew right now that you're going to serve for the next 25 years of your life. Right. It's about really landing on the crew right now that you're going to go all in on for the next 12 to 24 months. Yeah. And then you can then you'll 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 learn little pieces here and there. You'll you'll 
you'll kind of fine tune it. You might make a larger pivot. It's just a general evolutionary sort of perspective. I mean, the way that Facebook evolved, you know, going from Harvard, a very specific sort of a way to get to find people to probably have sex with in Harvard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, because that's one of three motivators in life. <laughs> I mean, it's all coming back to prostitution or whatever. It's all coming back to needs, primal needs. But, you know, it started at Facebook and it's all, it's, it's always it, that that was, always feels fresh to remind, remind, remind myself of that. Yeah. Because it started at Harvard. That was it. Yeah, he didn't try to go, they didn't try to go they national. They didn't start with, yeah. a, with this big, massive idea, right? Like, uh, you know, they started in Harvard, and they slowly grew Get up. Get a toehold and prove that you have some really strong value. You serve a small group of people so well that they're like rabid fans about that little thing that you do. Rabid. And then... And then start to grow it from there, basically. I was I would go with avid. So so let's <laughs> avid fans. Hold on, let's put let's put a let's put a cap on. Yeah, this. I want to. I, I'd love to. Like let's let's put together. Like if you had to give some advice who was really not great at selling, and you had to Elevator give them pitch of selling, yeah. and you had to give them a little bit of advice. You know, like top three points. Let's let's each come up with what's what's your if you had to give them a frame of mind or something to do. What would you have them do? Um, well, I would have them listen to this whole thing, and then I would say, well, I would, I'm summarizing. <laughs> to the Fizzle Show podcast. I'm listening. And then the, uh, the summary, well, first of all, it would be like that, the thinking long term. Right now, whatever you do right now isn't, isn't going to go with you to your grave. This isn't your magnum opus. Like, put something out right now, but with the, and with the long term thing in sight, meaning you got to keep these relationships intact. You know, if you want to sell to them again, which is by far the easiest sell you can do, yep. rather than spend all the money to find new eyeballs or whatever, you know, we know that it's, you know, so long term, think long term and specifically in terms of fostering that relationship with your customers. Um, be yourself because you can go out and you could try to be one of these experts of direct marketing copy and it's just not going to be you. Or you can be you, you can be vulnerable, you can be humble, you can be yourself, you can write the way that you write, and you can say matter-of-factly what this thing does and why it matters to you or whatever, to your audience, but just not putting on, not getting dressed up in someone else's skin. Yeah. So I would really, I would basically focus on those two. If you, if you just stick with those, being cut, like just know that, hey, you can just be yourself. Forget all the sales and marketing textbooks that you've, whatever, all the blog, all the list posts you've read on this shit, and just be you making a product that does something good. And then think long term. Think long term. Because yeah. now, like my launch strategy, I find a way to throw this into every single episode, launch <laughs> it, and then just stick around for 10 years. <laughs> right. Make it better and, and make better, it better and better. And make it better. So that's my goal. Yeah. Caleb, what are your two? So. You know, piggybacking on what you just said, Chase, I have this thing down in my notes that I like keep referring to and thinking about. It's called decade dedication that like that 10 year yeah. thing. And every time I look at that, it makes me like reframe like even things like tasks or emails in that. Like, is this going to matter in yeah. one, five, 10 years? And it just reframes me so yeah. that I can stay focused on what I want to do. So mine are first have proof that you know what you're talking about. So this kind of goes with freelancing and even if you have to do free work for a while, you know, like have something you can point to be like, I did this. I know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Being able to sell people on the fact that you have a portfolio of things you've done, especially when you're freelancing, 
is super, super useful yeah. and helps you be able to sell it. That's, that's a great point, by the way, for not to off track you, but for product development, we'll talk about this later, but serving an individual customer one-on-one to help that one person make a breakthrough before you create a product and try to serve the masses. Yeah. That's a really great strategy. And it's a, you get a testimonial that's actually real yeah. and not just a friend that's yeah. commenting on yeah. your And a case study, even deeper but than if a you need, and a case If study. you need a friend, Caleb can be that. <laughs> <laughs> he gives testimonials all over the internet. Somehow that was dirty. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, back on I told you, okay. he's the funniest guy on this podcast. <laughs> all right, so number two, price what you feel is right. And like that, that's like internally to me, so... Yeah, you know you can read all the pricing studies in the world, but until you throw a price on something and it's comfortable and you feel right about it, then you're not going to be able to pitch that to somebody. So when you're pricing what you think you're worth, make sure it's based on the value and your time and things like that, but also make sure it feels right. Yeah, I like that. I like that. So um, here's here's two from me. So number one is. I think everybody who's selling anything should study sales and marketing and and what makes people tick because there are a couple of little things that you can learn that you can watch out for in your language and how you're relating to people that are going to it's just going to make it a whole lot easier for you to get the point across. So read, Do you have any specific so ideas? Read, yeah, no, my, names and resources. Here's, here's my specifics. Read Robert Cialdini, read David Ogilvy, like read yeah. People who have spent their life's work dedicated to social psychology, sales psychology, all that kind of stuff, because it, it can make a difference. It might help you make a little bit of a breakthrough. Um, and I know that goes counter to some of the stuff that we talked about, sure. but I feel like if you're if you're coming from the right place where you've created something that you think is great value, you really believe in it, and you just want to present it in the best way, then learning. Sales and I think that's a perfect really like tag because it's like it's like be yourself and also like. Pay attention, like, like learn, keep learn. learning Yeah, because, you know, it, it's real pie in the sky and idealistic to just keep saying, be yourself. I'm thinking specifically and talking to the person who's really, you know, holding back from selling anything because they don't feel comfortable with the yeah. thing. It's like, well, first of all, just start with yourself yeah. and build from there because you might start with yourself and just fill a page with just drivel, but like you'll get, you'll find like two or three people who would be like, dude, that connected so hard. Yeah. You know what I mean? I couldn't not buy it after yeah. reading that. Yeah. And then you can you can grow your audience by just by trimming the fat and getting things better and better and better over time. Yeah. So that that was kind of my number two. And and really, I mean, I think you guys covered stuff that would have been my number two, but that's important to me. And my number one though is to get as close to your customers as you can early on and to peel back the curtain. And instead of making it me, the product creator, and you the audience, make it more of a partnership and just you know, let your guard down and say, I'm creating this thing. It's early on. I need feedback from you guys. And in exchange, you're going to get, you know, an awesome discounted price and um, an extra double guarantee. And I'm going to call you on the phone and help you through it. All this kind of stuff. And just, you know, give, give, give to your early audience. I love that as a perfect little tactic that for thinking long-term about a thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Knowing that this is V1 or V like... V.1. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so many dots dots all over the place i think i think those are those are great summaries we should probably do the little summaries like this at I the love, end of every i love episode. a summary because it's every just time a bow we just put a bow on it a big right <laughs> big polka dot what <laughs> was the sound a bow makes <laughs> never heard that before i never heard that <laughs> then you are you are like wrapping your presents i think it's right. more like this it's more like rustly or something <laughs> what, is, what, what is it oh it's, it's awfully tight <laughs> 
Um, Caleb, do we have a, a listener question that we could that we could do? Yeah, so let's start with the one from Stephanie from Scotland. So, um, and she sent us a voice one, which is just awesome. Yeah, because she has this amazing accent. All right, so let's, let's, let's just let's take a listen to that. To let's it. listen to it. Hi guys, and thanks for taking my question. I wanted to ask about how you prioritize your work because I'm just getting started and I work full time and I've got two young children. My time's very limited, but I feel like there are an infinite number of things I could be working on each day. So what I wanted to ask was if you were only able to work on one thing each day, what would that one thing be? Thank you. I mean, can I mean, have you ever heard a more adorable accent in your entire life? Never. I feel like I've nope. I've just been swept away into the movie Brave. <laughs> My mom is a bear. I I hope that um I <laughs> hope Stephanie appreciates that. I, I hope she does too, because I mean it with, with the best of intentions. And you spent some time over there in, in that part of the world. Yeah, I never got to Scotland though. Oh, okay. That has to be a Scottish accent, right? Yeah, I think so. Oh, you, you you were in Ireland for a while, right? Yeah. 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 So um okay. What's your answer? My answer is I think the one thing that you focus on has to change from day to day but um if i had to focus on one this is going to sound really meta but if i had to focus on getting one thing done a day it would be getting one thing done a day because it's really easy (laughs) that's an awesome non-answer next no listen it's really easy to okay okay so say you have two things that you can do (laughs) you have three wishes And you can't whisper more. (laughs) No, it's really easy for the entire day to go by and you're like frantically like thinking about one thing, planning about another and never actually getting any work done. So this this goes back to your productivity essentials course that we talked about before where um, you need to before the next day sit down and, uh, you know, get out of CEO mode or in CEO mode. Think, what is it that I want myself, my worker self to actually accomplish tomorrow? write that down one maybe two things i find that really i can only get a couple of things done a day that's because aside you're super from lazy because <laughs> i'm a lazy son of a bitch well i'm a lifestyle entrepreneur so i can only get one maybe two things done a day and i don't, and I don't 15 minutes and i don't you know? i don't count um email correspondence all that kind of stuff that's just yeah. you just have to do that every yeah. day so in addition to you know email and whatever list the couple of things that you want to get done a day and really just be honest that you're probably only going to get one or two major things done a day list those before you start your day and tackle them first Mm -hmm. i like that caleb what would your answer be mine would be actually planning the day like going you know i I can get more than one thing done a day yeah and that's not to say i'm better than Corbett or something but like if i only got <laughs> like are. one task done like if i wrote down one task and checked it off and like went on my merry way i wouldn't feel right like i have to write something down if i'm going to do it i can day. just see you going your merry way i think in my head <laughs> that is such a lovely picture I, you're like a friar in robin hood in robin hood's england going just, his merry way mead i've got mead i'm so merry with my mead 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 nice job i i agree caleb i think like just jumping into your day without like planning it out. I feel it's, like it's you the guys. Days when it gets to lunch, and I'm like, "What did I do so far?" I mean, are those really are those really done? answers to this question? Let's hear yours, big shot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still trying to think it through. Robin Hood. It's a lot to handle. I mean, those just sprung on me. So, um, was your question? What's the first thing you do every day? Or? If you only had time for one thing. So, if you're super busy. So, if you're super you weren't listening busy, at all, you were just like absorbing the accent. I was enamored by the accent. So, Caleb, if you're super vi- busy, you would plan all the things you wouldn't be able to do. 
You're going to plan. Yeah. No, I would plan all, all right, the You would sit down and you'd say, all right, time. if I had a bunch of time, these are the things that I'd do. Um, you know, if I, it, I think what, what it's a question about is, is, is the priority of things in the, in the roles that we have or something yeah. like that, you yeah. know? And so like my priority is probably lands in terms of, in terms of, cre- on the end of creating things, creating things that go into physics. Yeah. That's you a know, good point. so. I would be, I'm always working on one course and one blog post or whatever, right? So it would be whichever is of those is getting published first. And I would, and I would, I wish I had the wherewithal to every morning, just put the blinders on and just see things that way. Yeah. Yeah. It is there. Another thing that we should do an episode on is just the difference between consuming versus creating and how at some point you have to flip that switch and become more of a creator than a consumer if you want to get ahead. Um, And I feel like, Caleb and I were both very like Bill Clinton-ish in our answers. Mm. I apologize <laughs> for that. Well, Chase, you won. That was what I'm, that what was I'm, the right answer. What I'm, what I'm really happy about is <laughs> I, I wish I could do a Bill Clinton again. It's been too long. I don't, yeah, <laughs> all I can, all I want to do is play saxophone. Well, that depends on what your <laughs> definition of the word is, is. I, I love black people. <laughs> was that more George W. Bush? I don't know. Um, oh, but you know. But that reminds me of something you said when you guys were both here in San Diego and we, um we shot an interview with Pat and it was like, you know, we created some content that's going to live for a while today. Yeah. Like it was, it feels it was good. Worth it. it feels good. Yeah. 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 Any, any day where the only thing that I get done is creating content, even like we were just talking earlier about how, you know, we've been podcasting a lot recently yeah. and um, how it feels like the rest of the day, it's hard to get down and focus. Yeah. I still don't feel that bad about that because we are creating content and content is so awesome on the internet because you put it out some stuff that I wrote four years ago still attracts attention and brings in people into my sphere. Yeah. You know, I feel so blessed that they're they're reading my stuff, absorbing it, and then connecting with me because it, it's it's something that I wrote so long ago. I love that. I, I mean, I think that's and it plays right in line with your with your what you just said about content consumer versus content creator, mm-hmm. or just creator versus consumer, or whatever. Yeah. Right? And and. So that's where I would land. I would land on the create the 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 creating the thing. And normally, luckily, we we have these large plans that we've put together for the next six eight months. Yeah. So, so it's we, easy to figure out. We, what we know need. we we already wrote our to do list yeah. for each other. But at the same time, I mean, I rare one all sorts of excitement happens around the planning of that. Yeah. And then when you get when you wake up in the morning, you don't feel any of that urgency or rush to go make that thing. And next thing you know, it's four thirty, and like I, I put a dent in, in my in my feed reader, yeah, which is all just funny gifs, yeah. You know what I mean? That's <laughs> like, what your life is. Funny it's GIFs. like I didn't really make a thing, but that's okay. I'm, yeah. Some days I'm okay with that, but you know, I don't know. That's what I would land on. Yeah, great. Thank you so much, Stephanie, for the question. Can't be said enough. Thanks. How, how can how can other people ask? Ask these uh, questions of us. Go to fizzleshow.com. They can go to fizzleshow.com. That's right. I'm trying to figure out a, 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 a dingus for this uh, little jingle. Oh, you said earlier. I heard it early, last time. Uh, yeah, it was I heard like, you singing one. Yeah. F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.com. No, that's really bad. <laughs> F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.com. Oh, that could work, right? F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.com. <laughs> we could do a little rego. Yeah. <laughs> I have been Chase Wardman Reeves. I've been Corbett Barr. Why? I always just end up going last. 
that's how it goes, dude. Otherwise, that's just how you goes. just want to jump in and disrupt the whole thing, and then all right, let's. I was going to that time. Next time, maybe I'm Caleb Logic. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Fine, I'm Caleb Wadrick. Whatever, I'm Caleb. <laughs> I'm, I'm just going to go on my merry way. <laughs> <laughs> there you have it. I hope you enjoyed that. You know, on this note, I asked the best salesman I know. His name's Chris Johnson of Simplifilm.com. He's a friend, and I asked him, hey, if someone you cared about had the beginnings of a business but was feeling uncomfortable with the idea of selling, They're afraid of coming off sleazy. What might you say to them? Here's what he said, and I quote, People know you are selling. Respect their intellect and be honest about it. So there you go. Chris Johnson, you know, he has a course within Fizzle that is, or not a course, just an interview. It's an interview in there that I had to make a worksheet for because there's so many great tips. If you do want to take your sales stuff to the next level, it's so good. Oh, really great interview with Chris. Our thanks to Chris Johnson, friend of the show. Um, listen, show notes. Fizzleshow.com slash 14. F-I-Z-Z-L-E show.com slash 14. Uh, there you will find a link to all the notes and some uh, things and some conversation. If you have something to say about this episode, please add it there. And, and FYI, we do publish a blog post every Tuesday. And then this, this show uh, every Friday. So you might be missing out on the blog post piece if you haven't been there yet. Listen, we don't, we don't know how iTunes works, people. It's magic. But we do know that your reviews and ratings help us get into the earballs and hearts of other hopeful entrepreneurs putting their whole ass on the line to build something they care about. It helps so much. Have you put yours up yet? Here's two very different reviews, uh, both about our, our episode number 10. The first one from Mauricio ASAP. Great topics. But the podcast definitely needs improvement, in my opinion. I find the podcast hard to follow with multiple interruptions, inside jokes, and off-topic conversations. I would ask someone like Cliff Cliff Ravenscraft to give you feedback, especially on episode 10. All right, and then followed right by this one by Jesse Peterson. I discovered this podcast after the Think Traffic newsletter mentioned it, and the current episode, number 10, How to Stay Motivated, looked like exactly what I needed to hear. The first eight minutes were so spot on, it was like they were in my head and speaking my thoughts and feelings and living out my life in a podcast. That sounds kind of creepy, Jesse. But I think he meant it in a good way. I think he did. So you can see, this isn't for everybody, people. If it's for you, consider leaving us a review. Just go to the iTunes store, search Fizzle Show, and click write a review. We really appreciate it. May your uh, sales be unsleazy, your connection authentic and vibrant, and your fish markets packed with plenty of pences. Thanks. Talk to you next week.